Hello, everyone. This episode was recorded before the SAG-AFTRA strike took effect. Get Played stands with SAG-AFTRA workers on strike, the WGA, and all workers taking action. All right, everyone. As you know, this is a very exciting time. We're at uh, one of the big anniversaries of the video game Pong. So we are going to be re-releasing it fully voice acted. Uh, We've got Pong um, Legacy. Pong Legacy. Uh, and we've got our uh, our our voiceover artist here uh, who's going to be doing uh, both the roles of paddle and ball. And uh, and Matt, Matt, is it in the booth? Yeah, that's Matt, me. Yeah. Have fun in there. Yeah. And so, like, I just want to know, like. We'll be doing them one at a time. If that's your question, you're not going to be playing both paddle and ball in. Uh, in these records. So we'll, we'll segment those out. Um, we'll do three yeah. takes of each. Okay. Uh, pretty industry standard. And yeah, yeah, and just, you know, have fun in there. Great. So uh, we're just going to stop up, uh, start up at the top of page one here. Uh, so ball is coming in at a 30 degree angle. Uh, so uh, go ahead. Uh, bloop. Great. Great. Uh, can we okay. get two more of those? That was Fuck great. Man. That was That's excellent. Good. Is that okay? I mean, I'm yeah, I'm sort of new. Yeah. Uh, no, this is this is great. I guess I have a question about to like. I know that we're like getting angles. It seems like. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But the relationship between the ball and the paddle, I just like. What's the story there? Like, should I be playing that a certain way? Because I want to make sure that I'm not. You know that they, that they seem like different characters too. You know. Yeah. It's it's you know it's uh. It's it's sort of a cat and mouse sort of situation, you know. Mm. They they're rivals. They hate each other, but they need each other. Okay, okay, that's okay. That's I think that's informative enough. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Uh, so Great. uh, let's do let's do a couple more angles, and then maybe we'll break it up, and, and we'll have you do a couple ball lines. Oh, wait, what was that? Oh, I think I was performing paddle as if I was performing ball. Wait, so what? What? The so fuck? You, so wait a minute. The what? bloop you're doing is traversal? I thought that was yeah, no, I thought I thought that I was, was sort your of doing, ball read? I well that's why I'm just asking. Like I you know, I'm new. I mean, I wanted you to have fun in there, but don't fucking lose focus on what on your task. Okay, I, hand. I, I I thought it was ball, but Jesus okay, I, I, I'm happy to do those again or we could use those ones for ball and I can give a paddle right now. No, I think those kind of weirdly work for paddle. It's just yeah, those definitely work for paddle. I'm gonna be frank with you. We had Joaquin Phoenix in here yesterday, and we fired him, and it was because of he this... came in dressed as ball. <laughs> yeah, it was full. He he never broke character. But um, we don't want to repeat that today. We're kind of we're 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 up against a deadline here. So okay. if yeah. you can do here's ba- here another paddle. Maybe we'll do. How about this to get you out of your head? We'll do a run of uh, a few different degrees all at once. So I'll shout out the number. That's the angle that the ball is coming in at. And we'll get that record. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, the ball is coming in at 22 degrees, Boop. 17 degrees, Boop. 45 degrees, Boop. 90 degrees. Boop. Okay. Nope. Nope. Let's take that 90 again. Boop. Fantastic. Fantastic. Great. I mean, I, I mean, he's a pro. He's a, he's a genius. And was just to clarify, you were doing you were voicing the paddle there. Wait, fuck. Okay, no, <laughs> I was doing ball. What is your paddle read? In my memory of playing pong, let me just uh-huh. clarify this real quick. The paddle's not the thing making the noise. Paddle's you moving think- along on its own. 
Right. Wait, you think that ball is making the noise when you ball throw a basketball with paddle? Look, let's just lock this in right now. We're doing paddle. OK, Matt, paddle. You can give okay, me paddle. Yeah, no, yeah, I got We're it. doing paddle. OK, and now like just take the ball completely out of the picture. Let's just get some paddle. Okay, well, moving. then what am I reacting to? Because if it's not if it's not the ball, I don't know what I'm doing as paddle. This is, paddle this is, is sitting there. Gameplay is not started yet. All right. We're, we're still we're still waiting. We're still waiting for the player one to press a button and and uh, and initiate gameplay so you but you can still control the paddle you can still move the paddle vertically so just imagine you're let's get some vertical whooshes yeah let's hear this it's what's hard about this is i'm frustrated with you as an actor and blown away by your talent coming this fall pong legacy starring matt apodaca in his performance as paddle We discuss the new Metal Gear Solid movie, a.k.a. the new Mission Impossible movie, and use our voices to talk about voices this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. Oh, that's me, Nick Weiger, along with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Oh, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premier video game podcast, where it's Final Fantasy Month all month long. Is that's it right. really? It's Did it? we establish that? It's what are like- you talking Next week, I mean, decidedly not. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we said in advance this is Final Fantasy Month. I think we said we're, we said we're covering Final Fantasy 16 for our We Play You Play, which is coming Monday, July 31st. And, but then and we, we did some Final Fantasy related within, topics, and then we yeah. did a tier. What are you talking? So we've got one week where we're just yeah. doing a SquareSoft game. Should and we you're pivot? Like, I guess pivot is to what? what? I don't no, know. I think it works. It's a Final Fantasy inspired SquareSoft video game. I think okay. it counts. It's Final I think Fantasy I, Month. I, I'm sort of thinking now Heather's right. And we, we just like, didn't we didn't do the, the normal uh, push that we normally do when we have like a, a theme to get people to listen. Uh, yeah, now I'm pissed off. No, now I'm pissed off because Makes we the- had we had when we did this in May. Yeah, uh, we we had a we Zelda. had like a whole like, yeah, we had Zelda. We had like a name. We had like a, a link to the, pod, uh, the legend of Zelda, a link to the cat, a pod to the cast. Like, yeah. We had, like, and theming. we had shirts. We had yeah, shirts. We had shirts. We had, Nick, we, had God, we could have had Final Fantasy shirts. We're just oh, calling this Final no. Fantasy Month. Nick like, that's like the pitch when the writers want to go yeah. home. Like, let's, we got to come up with something better. Well, hey, pencils down, bitch. <laughs> that's a great point, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's 8 a.m. Let's right, fucking go. <laughs> we're we're uh, because of the split time zones. I think we've talked about this, but we are recording at 8 a.m. Me and Matt's time and our guest time, I believe. And uh, and he- while Heather is over in the early evening in uh, in Amsterdam. So Amsterdam, yeah, I'm, yes, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm at the five uh, the five p.m. mark here. I've already done a 20 mile bike ride. 
Wow. Uh, yeah. I I uh, I was biking up and down the Amstel with my wife Mary. I had a little cheese, my a little bread, some olives. <laughs> uh, it was it's uh, it a real European afternoon for me. <laughs> uh, our guest um, just put in the chat. Uh, Jelinal Fantasy Month, and uh, good. that just—it's very it's good. But because it's good, that means our show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jelinal Fantasy Month—that's great. Can we yeah. just we'll make say one, that? We'll make one T-shirt and sell We've it got... for a thousand dollars, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's very Squaresoft of us. Yeah. <laughs> You guys seen that they have a statue that I think is like Sephiroth or Cloud. I don't remember what it was, but it's like an $8,000 toy. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, guys. What are you doing? They also sell like Final Fantasy engagement rings. We should have done a segment on the on the, the Square Enix jewelry store. Yeah. Uh, I actually just read something interesting about that statue. Uh, they tore it down. They're tearing down monuments all over, and they tore mm. the statue of Sephiroth down. Oh boy! Well, because he's because it's like celebrating the wrong side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I say we need to keep our history. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! They did tear down the um, the Roger Rabbit statue at Disneyland, and that did actually make me legitimately upset. <laughs> and for one second, I was like, I see what they're talking about. <laughs> Wait. Why? Because they rebranded Toontown. Uh, yeah, they made it just like boring, I think. Yeah, they put grass where he is. Yeah. They talk about it all on Podcast The Ride, a great show. Great uh, show. But uh, shout Man, out that, to the pot, the boys. I think they should have, I, like, look, I understand that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a singular work that is almost impossible to imagine the craft that went into it, right? But I feel like instead of tearing down the Roger Rabbit statue, you should instead make a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, mm. you're you're right, but it's too good of an idea for the studios to wrap their head around. Yeah, I feel like they'd make because they then they're going to try to make it into a franchise, and that's so yeah. antithetical to what the movie's yeah, all who about. Who killed you know? Roger Rabbit? Who? Yeah. Who? Uh, you know who fucked who Roger fucked Rabbit? Roger Rabbit. <laughs> right. That's the natural <laughs> third entry. I, one thing I think they could do is I think they could do more just like Roger Rabbit shorts, which I think that yeah. was like, you know, because like, lo, those like inform like the world of Roger Rabbit and those could kind of stand alone, you know? They were they were these interesting sort of because they did a couple of shorts and yeah. they were like strange combinations of live action backgrounds and animated foregrounds a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so they still had that um, that hyper realistic look. To them, yeah, they should totally do that. But the truth is that, like, if you were to do Roger Rabbit today, it would be more like the Space Jam sequel than it would be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It would be like... They got close with Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale movie was really good uh, and had sort of a similar vibe to Mm. it, uh, but not really, doesn't really capture that spark. You need that Charles Fleischer stank on it, you know? Well, it's it's like the... (laughs) Is he here? Did he join the Zoom no, call? No, that was like actually really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it with enough spit. I didn't want to I, short circuit my microphone. I think the 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 yes, Heather is right that it would be just like the parade of cameos that it would be kind of a more is more approach instead of being like, oh, they've really figured out the right ones to use and how to to integrate them into it, but it's largely just still about the main plot. Yeah. Uh, 
It wouldn't be like Kingdom Hearts, let's say. Matt, what a segue. Because our guest today, a voiceover artist whose many credits include Master of Masters from Kingdom Hearts, as well as Sakuna from uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and Bruno from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Ray Chase is here. Hi, Ray. Hello, everybody. Very excited to be here. Let's Hi, Ray. Night. First time caller. Yes. Uh, I'm also here for Final Fantasy Month. I am Noctis in Final Fantasy and Edgar from Final Fantasy VI. Wow. Uh, I played wow. all the installments uh, there. And uh, I, I did wonder, so of the three of us, uh, of the three of you guys, did any of you guys play Final Fantasy XV? Just Heather. Who put just it Heather. No, I didn't get around to it. Just Heather. And I'm Heather, getting what to it. Did you fuck? play it? We what? talked about this last time. What? I said Wait, when we did what? our tier list. I said, yeah, but it's been a week. You haven't tried it in the in the meantime. What are we gonna do? We're gonna put down Dave the Diver to play an old Final <laughs> Fantasy? <laughs> old? It's not old. It's the last one. It's, it's ancient history our, at this point. Our guest oh is God. in the game. No, I know. I, re- oh I really meant. God. I really wanted to play Final. I, I intend to play Final Fantasy 15 when I'm done. With I'm going to certainly get to it. Yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah. I've, I think I've, I've mentioned this on the show before that uh, that my first shared birthday with Mary, she got me a a, a, vo- a voice uh, greeting card from Ignis. Uh, and uh, Adam Crosdale himself. <laughs> yeah, Adam. Adam gave a gave a a, a little. Um, he was like, "Hello, this is Ignis, and I'm wishing you a happy birthday." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but, that is um, so classy of him. He, him in real life is exactly as Ignis. He is such. He's the wow. most charming, dapper fellow himself. Uh, wow. So, did you play in sub or dub, Heather? This is what? the question. Uh, Have Ray, you heard my tell, performance? Ray, tell us more about yourself. Get her ass. Let's just, I mean, like. Nail her to a wall. <laughs> so even like, this Adam Crosdell birthday <laughs> surprise, you were like, look, who is this? This is not Satoshi Nakamoto. I don't know. First time I'm hearing this. exciting yeah. guest. I don't know. And it is so <laughs> exciting to have you on the show. And I, I you know, like, I, I just, I, I'm just like, I, I'm, I, I have here's, to say. Here's the other thing is I'm also, <laughs> so I'm also the Barbarian in Diablo 4, which you guys all played, but oh, nobody wow. played Barbarian, I don't think, right? I yeah. didn't play, okay. I didn't play Diablo Fantastic. 4. They did. I rolled a. I actually did roll a barbarian in the beta, in the open beta. Oh, so, excellent. Yeah. Okay. So you got uh, to female barbarian, but so, uh, yeah. God damn. <laughs> what about being here, Ray? Uh, Guile from Street Fighter Six? Did anybody play yes. as Guile? Yes. 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 The answer there okay. is yes. Fucking hundred percent. Is yes. what I did. You what the fuck? I was hoping that, that that you guys would know my, my work, but it's understandable that if if my work oh, we is know adjacent it. Oh, to we you, absolutely know yeah. it. No. Okay. Yeah, and, and also, and, oh. all of us have played Kingdom Hearts. Like, yes. You guys have all we, played like, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we've all played Kingdom Persona Hearts. And Persona 5. Oh, yeah. I yes. am the subway announcer and the penis chariot monster Mara in Persona 5. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so we actually do know your work. You very do well. know my work very well. <laughs> we we were talking before the before we went on here because you have just so many credits and we're trying to figure out what to set you up with but like I, I'm I, from all the roles you've played uh, specific to video games do you have any where you're like ah oh, that character was great or this game is something that I, I'm, I'm really proud of 
One hundred percent. There's there's a couple of answers for that. Uh, Noctis obviously is always going to be near the top. There's just so rare that you get to play a character for three years running with the same people in the booth all the time mm-hmm. uh, and tell a complete story from start to finish. Right. Um, that always means a lot. But for your question specifically, something that I'm super freaking proud of the game is uh, Roy from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, hell I yeah. uh, played Melee back in the day. Roy and Dr. Mario were my my mains before the word mains existed. It was just mm-hmm. the you know the characters you played. Um, and uh, I got to be Roy in this game called Fire Emblem Heroes, which was a mobile game. And uh, they just let me try out while I was doing other characters in the booth. They were like, why don't you give Roy a shot? This legendary character that has never had yeah. an English voice. And uh, I gave it my uh, my best shot. They ended up using it for the mobile game. And so I became the canon Roy. And so once it was time for Smash Brothers Ultimate, my God, I was I was pumped. Best 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. And then another... Yeah, another one where the game means so goddamn much to me. And Nick, this, I I heard you every week as you were playing it, but Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, I was Genichiro and also the uh, armored uh, knight in that game. The guy who says, as he falls down the uh, the well. Uh, That freaking game is my second favorite game of all time. I played it through way after the game came out, and it is... I, I know, uh, Heather and Matt, you haven't done it yet, but like it is what Nick is talking about. It's a spiritual game. It yeah. teaches you things that you didn't know about yourself. I have never played a game like that in my life. I think I, I think Heather has played some Sekiro, but like I, I don't yeah. know if you've done the full you've taken the full plunge and gone all the way through it. But yes, that that that's crazy because that's such a an iconic moment. What you're describing uh, from the game, uh, specifically the Armored Knight, because that first oh, off, that yeah. is like one of the few like puzzle boss fights in the game. They're almost all, right. you know, but that one's a specific like, oh, okay, I got to figure out how to dispatch this guy. But then it, it just kind of d- ties in with the, with everything in that game thematically, which is the world is so bleak and sad that you can't even like revel in victory because you realize you've <laughs> just like executed a grieving father. Like, it's just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Genichiro himself is the one who teaches you how to play the game. That's, the, that's where when yeah. I first played it, I was like, I can't play this game. I'm not good enough because I was using my old video game strategies of of trying my best and like getting faster. And that's not what the game is teaching you. The game is just teaching you to listen, to just slow mm. down and pay attention to what's going on on the screen, which honestly in, in 29 years of gaming, I had never actually done. S- slowed down and looked at what was going on on the screen. And man, it changed the way I've, I've gamed from, from then on. It was a yeah. beautiful that sounds like, game. It sounds Incredible like you and fight. I are the same kind of gamer then. Like, cause uh, uh, when yeah. it is when it is that I have to slow down and pay attention, I'm like, what, what? No, fuck you. So, um, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. It is that. It is that for sure? Yeah, we are. It is. I'm. I'm definitely a little bit of all three of you. I would say, uh, uh, oh. for sure. Nick, I, I'm. I'm the one who plays all those the strategy games and the weird indie titles. And uh, and Matt, I feel like we are. I, I don't know your age, but I feel like we're this. We're very yeah. much grew up at the same place, same time sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm so 32 we a lot years of the same old. We references. joke about me being a child, but yes. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm functioning adult. I'm, th- I'm 36, uh, okay, and yeah. I feel like we uh, we very much grew up in the same sort of cultural milieu, and uh, sure. and and played a lot of the same games ba- uh, back then too. Hell yeah, I'm old. 
I'm very old. <laughs> okay, so you know that person's old because they're talking old. We did this that last was time when Stephen character. was here. Oh, thank you. Us doing us doing voices in front of somebody who does it for their job. I I I, I won't I won't participate. But you I know, can do I, it as much as you want. No, nah, man, I'm, you got to go for it. If Steph I'm, Curry steps into the gym, you start jacking up threes. <laughs> Show him how he does his job. When I, uh, you said start jacking, I got really scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I feel like there's a particular hum- humiliation that I'm feeling because I, you know. Uh, We've had Ash Ketchum guest on this show before. Ash is uh, great. The actual yeah. Ash, not not the voice actor who plays Ash, the character who is a different, legitimate, actual no, human no, no. being. Yeah. Um. So Ray is a recurring Pokemon anime role. Uh. And so I feel I feel like a shame. Like <laughs> like I've been like I've been like robbing the grocery store or something. Uh. But um. Don't tell them. Who? Ray, don't Pokemon? tell don't don't tell Pokemon that we The <laughs> Pokemon Company? Yeah, don't uh, tell I them. won't tell the I won't tell the Pokemon Company. I think Ash also uh has uh has come on the show a lot. Uh the, the he gets a little bit vulgar and I think he knows that uh the crossover between people who watch Pokemon Journeys and people who listen to Get Played is not very high. So I think he's <laughs> in a safe space. Um I will say I know you guys are not the best voice actors, but uh what but the you fuck? have had some incredible <laughs> Bubsy has been fantastic on the show. You've had Joel from The Last of Us on the show so many times, uh, and every time I'm just amazed at, uh, at at how good he sounds. And uh, and of course, the <laughs> erstwhile and and newly rediscovered Resident Evil merchant, uh, his acting range is is fantastic, and his story continues to inspire. That's what I like yeah. to hear. That's yeah, nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that. Uh, hopefully he is never coming to the show again. <laughs> Ray, can we talk about anime for a little bit? Because, yes. you know, you have a lot of, ana- you, you do a lot of anime dubbing. Uh, you know, we talked about some of your other roles, but uh, but uh, also a uh, Sound Hashira from Demon Slayer is mm-hmm. uh, is one of your characters. And, uh, you know, like such a, uh, to me, that seems like a really fun role to play. But I'm curious, like, what uh, what is your experience with dubbing? Because I know that can sometimes be like a, like a heady, uh, exhausting sort of work. For sure. It's, um, it's, there's a lot of dubbing work out there. And I think that's why a lot of people who do video games end up having a ton of anime credits, uh, as well. Whether the anime you're in is good or popular, well known, it's completely up to fate. Sure. Um, but, uh, but doing anime is, is extremely technical. You really do. You have the, the picture in front of you, you have the script and you have the, the lip flaps. And, uh, for, for dubbing, unlike the Japanese subs, you when you are watching a when you're watching subtitled you're not necessarily watching the mouth you're not you're watching the face you're reading the subtitles a lot and so they kind of get away with not matching the animation all the time but for us we have to be absolutely lip uh, flat perfect otherwise you right. get the the old uh, whose line is it anyway subtitle uh, jokes um, but uh, uh, doing it is. Uh, you you have these three beeps and then you have to do the the line and uh you do as many lines as you possibly can in a row um i like to uh if, if there's a monologue i like to take it straight up two minutes preview once and then have the for me it's a very auditory experience um mm. that you you listen to the uh you listen to the Japanese and you keep the keep the timing in your head and then just keep that timing in your head while you're saying your line and going like, OK, I've reached the point where I should stop talking because you can't 
you're reading the script while the animation is playing, you can't necessarily look back and forth at the animation the whole time. It's mm. very complex. Uh, can can we take can we take a step back because this is all fascinating stuff? But I but I I should have asked this earlier. But I'm curious, like, and I think this is the question a lot of people have for uh, people in your profession because it is kind of a dream job for a lot of people. Like, how did you break into voice acting initially? Sure, um, it's funny. I feel like I was part of the last generation that like fell into it. Like, I, I mm. definitely found like I definitely found it, but it wasn't a uh, you know in the '90s you weren't. You were aware that there were voice actors and it was professional, but it isn't like it is today where it's like I did. I did a uh, uh, a Discord interview last Saturday with uh, a server that has 65,000 members uh, on wow. it, uh, of, of aspiring voice actors. It is like absolutely a coveted job today. Yeah. Um, hugely. And uh, for me, it was, you know, I went to um, theater school, studied acting, acting, uh, studied film and stuff, and uh, had a face that was just covered in vicious acne uh, from age 22 to 29. And uh, definitely found my way of, with voice acting that was like, oh, okay, this is something, it doesn't matter what I look like. Um, and I was really good at coming up with a lot of different voices. I will say that my normal speaking voice, I rarely book as, only the Master mm. Masters from Kingdom Hearts is the, is the only one where I'm saying, may your heart be your guiding key. And I'm talking my real voice, but most of them, I'm doing something else, I'm down here, I'm down here. Or uh, this, I'm like here, this kind of like cool teen. Uh, and <laughs> oh, wow. always playing around with my voice really, really helps. Um, so uh, being, being just ready for anything, I guess, was how I, I managed to break in. I did a lot of different work, a lot of commercial work, a lot of audiobook work. Um, there was a time that Amazon bought Audible and just wanted to have the most audiobooks. Didn't mm, I mean sure. quality mattered, but they didn't really care. They wanted to be they wanted to say, we have one hundred thousand books on our title. Come at us, Blackstone Audio. And uh, they just kind of like, there was an opportunity at a recording studio called B Audio in Oregon, and they just let me go. They let me just go, hey, do as much as you as you want. And so I did 200 audiobooks in a three-year period. Um, 200? Locked myself in a room, did whatever I could. Yeah, do whatever I could to get these, uh, get books out, get paid, and quit my job, my day job as a, a bartender. Um, that was uh, That was kind of my getting the foot in the door to quit the day job to then get more and more opportunities, uh, more, uh, more fun opportunities. That's amazing. Wow. A, yeah. audio, a, a whole audio book feels like such a, 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 an intense amount of labor. It's a labor and it is, uh, I think people, uh, I, I, I read this in, uh, in some voice acting guide of like, do you want to get into audio books? Here's what the job is. Go into a bookstore, pick a random book from the shelves, read it all the way through out loud without, and, and anytime you make a mistake, go back and do it again. It is the randomness of the books that really kills you. These are not Sometimes I got to do a cool ass book. Uh, yeah. I got to, I get to read Jason Schreier's audiobooks. Those are wow. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. I do his Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Um. And uh. Uh. But it's the randomness. I had to do a a book about um. Uh. About infinity. Um, that was uh, very math focused about Fibonacci's uh, sequences. So I was just reading numbers. Nobody's listening to a Fibonacci math textbook, but it's another audible title. So they got to put it on their website. Um, it, it was, uh, it can be really, really be a slog. Can I just say it was really cool that part 
that you did earlier where you were, said a bunch of different voices all at once. But <laughs> that it was, was like, cool. it, was, it was really neat. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, you know, I we just, just want to say, say that, that, was cool. was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> did you guys check out, I sent over my, my funny reel uh, uh, over to, to Matt so you could see uh, some of the voices oh. that I've done. It's, uh, it's really oh. fun. It's, uh, I did, uh, there was a time during the TikToks uh, when all the voice actors were doing, here's all of my roles in a minute. Uh, me doing them, and I I made it into a fun uh, rap uh, thing. That's, okay, well uh, is, maybe I'll uh, when I'm editing the show, I'll put it right here, and then nice, you're yeah. pointing exactly at it. Yeah, I'm fantastic. pointing exactly at it. Exactly for <laughs> yeah. the listener at home, I'm pointing, and this is exactly where it's going. <laughs> Yo, what's up, TikTok? My name is Ray Chase, and I'm a voice actor. I'm Prince of Lucis and King of Fishing. The boss gave us an important mission. Aside from him, I truly don't care. I love boys in their underwear. Killed my brother! I am your brother. Both of my brothers just died. Max Flamboyance! Why do birds fly? Uber Carlos Roy's your boy! Al's your pal! Guys love sweets! Fernand's an elite! Roswell and Mathers! Professor Cerise! Also Corazon from the show One Piece. Next on Mascot, it's the MLB. Denathrius says, Scream for me! Gone, gone, the form of man. Arise the demon Atragon! Aoyama Ichome, Aoyama Ichome. Behold the way of Tumore. Aoyama Ichome, Aoyama Ichome. May your heart be your guiding key, okay? The root of terror starts with fear. Anthem almost lasted an entire year. Rising Tornado! Fight properly! I play Reese. Just in Borderlands 3. I am crime. I am punishment. The churl always gets the girl. Shot a bunch of ass caves! See you around, Ichiban. Where are all my Karamatsu girls? Pizza sauce. I'm trying to protect you! Now, this is gonna be fun! I'm the owl. Shinji, get in the robot. Revelry has only begun! Uh, also looking at Jelinal Fantasy Month, it just sounds, I don't know, it sounds problematic to me. Mm. I, I, came, I came up with it in the moment. I'm not, I'm not sure. Wait, sounds Because it makes you think I, of Lionel's I, from Zelda? I yeah, thought you were saying, very I thought you were saying Ju- July, like Julinal, but are you saying Vaginal Fantasy Month? It's just, <laughs> it's that line, Julinal, that just yeah, sounds yeah, very sexual. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> sounds like a Jerry Lewis exclamation. Jelinal. <laughs> What's that reference you're wondering out there? Remi- rem- reminder, I'm old. Why do I know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lewis is a legend. It's it's sad sometimes that, uh, you know, I, was, I worked on tons of voices as a kid, and there's just not a lot of call for Jimmy Stewart these days. <laughs> it's, uh, it's sad. They just want sexy. Yeah. Get your Justin Bieber impressions ready. Voice oh, actors. Gosh. That's who they're going to be parodying <laughs> in the future. Uh, Ray, we could we could talk about this stuff all day, and and I but I do I do have one more question on topic, and then we'll we'll get to some video games. But but we're recording this at a very awkward time. This is literally we're this is the last day of the SAG after negotiations. Uh, as of this episode's oh, uh, release, we may very well be at uh, the the actors union may very well have joined the writers union on strike. I'm curious, and and it's okay if you don't have an answer, but is there anything specific from a labor standpoint that you've encountered as a as a working voice actor that you think needs to be uh, this addressed? is a fantastic question very timely um and i i also wonder how it shakes out too um i was a uh, i was really caught up in the uh, previous strike the interactive strike mm, um yes. about five six or seven years back at this point uh sag's longest strike in in their history and uh and i was very uh uh 
aware of it because the Final Fantasy 15 director, voice director and casting director, Keith Farley, was the head of the negotiating committee. So wow. I was always working with him. I was at his house. I was uh, doing um, uh, call outs to other actors to um, to get people more involved. I was always uh, volunteering um, at SAG-AFTRA. And even one of the ways that I got started was even doing the freaking after a radio plays back in the day, I was on the um, I was on the uh, a, a couple of committees way back when because I thought it would get me uh, acting roles, um, and uh, oddly it did. It did get me started in voice acting. Um, but I've always been highly, highly involved in the union and uh, and uh, excited to volunteer my time, and uh, and that strike was long and very, very difficult because we were asking for something that an industry just was not okay with giving an inch for mm-hmm. uh, having uh, some some sort of bonus payment structure uh, for video games was something that was unheard of in their industry. Right. Uh, it's not not something that they give to their employees. And so why give it to actors? So it was a it was a long teaching thing. This one is interesting because it is negotiating with studios who are very familiar with residuals and have not been uh, paying them for a, a very long time because streaming was able to sort of wiggle their way through negotiations and being like, oh, we're just streaming. We're not a big deal. We do, we're not movies. Uh, you, we don't have to pay residuals on that sort of stuff. And I think this is this is where the jig is up. We know that streaming is a behemoth and a monster. Um, and uh, and I, this is absolutely the time to stand up for it. I'm, uh, I'm not excited to strike, but I'm excited right. to take action. Oh, well, hey, well oh, said. That... that that yeah. and AI voices, which is another uh, another crazy thing. Ooh. Wait, yeah. can you talk about that specifically? Because this is a thing that I've talked to some actors, you know, been on the WGA picket line, uh, as Heather has been. And I, a lot of SAG after actors have showed up in solidarity. And I've talked to some of them about their specific AI concerns. I've heard that this is already a thing that's happening. Like SAG, SAG after actors have signed contracts and their voices are being used to train AI, which is then being used to create content. Um, and 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 like, so specifically, it's like, the the but the idea of using a a an uh an artificial you know a simulacrum of your own voice uh without your permission or without you being fairly compensated like that's a real existential threat to actors 100% uh think about it every single day um yeah. and i think there's some solace to be had i think uh nick you made a lot of good points in in last week's episode with uh, uh somehow ai was being talked about oh you were you talking about um, the spirits within, where the um, oh yeah the the actors um, that that uh, humans really like seeing other humans in a role, whether it's an actor, uh, whether uh, whether it's a um, uh, a modified version of them or not, there is something interesting about oh it's it is even though it's Polar Express, it is Tom Hanks in Polar Express, and I know Tom Hanks, I'm familiar with his work, and I and I enjoy that. Um, that's a question whether. People, is that really something that that humans enjoy? I feel in my heart that it is, but Heather might be right too. And it's like, maybe, maybe that isn't something that people ever needed. They just wanted the story. So I think like we're kind of in between both camps of these things and seeing how things shake out. Um, I think at the, I think there's a, there's, there's a couple of things that I don't hear people talk about. One is that um, 
media and movies especially, video games have a sliding scale a little bit with payments, but you don't pay more to see different movies. Movies, for some reason, unlike mm. fruits or a nice dinner out, um, is always going to be the same price, whether you're seeing Spider-Man, No Way Home or Oppenheimer, um, you're going to pay the same amount of money. And I wonder if that is something that might change where you have something like akin to organic movies um, later on down the line where you pay a little bit extra, but it's because you know it's going to be better because it's made by actual humans. So it'll be more interesting and surprising. And and you know it's going to the right place. I buy organic apples because I know that they're raised conscientiously. Um, I think that might be another, a third path that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I have literally had this conversation this week with a producer uh, because I was like, I think that AI is going to, so it's it's very much like McDonald's is available for everyone, right? But if you want to go <laughs> get like, uh, same with Starbucks, you know, you go to Starbucks anywhere. Uh, but if you want a craft pour over coffee made by an actual person, not that there aren't actual people working at Starbucks, but if you want an artisanal experience, then you have to pay extra and you have this premium, premium experience. Otherwise, you can sit down in this future dystopia, turn on AI generated content and it's just stuff happening that you can watch and then if you want like oh it's like a it's like a play but filmed then then you're going to have these human actor writer experiences and that is hell what i've just described is hell please god don't <laughs> let us get there <laughs> Art shouldn't. So that that the other problem is that these executives are thinking about stuff as content as opposed to art, and they right. have, they're absolutely divorced from why we make stuff. They only see it as why we consume stuff, and they are funding one side of it and angry that they have to fund one side of it because they only want to reap the benefits of the other side, which is the consumption side. Like it's it's crazy how clear that divorce is like and how and how on the nose it is in all of these like anonymous interviews that you get with these executives who are like well yeah i mean the truth is what we want is an endless content pipeline and ai is going to help facilitate that and you're like jesus christ dude what happens to you when you go to an art museum do you only like go to the gift shop <laughs> They should increase their content at the gift museum. At the, at the museum. We can fit in 20 paintings per frame. Like, Amazing. Like, is this, is this the mindset of a, of a human being who doesn't go to see Van, Van Gogh's sunflowers, but loves looking at the prints at, like, mm -hmm. the poster shop outside of a college? No, like I think this is the kind of person who wants to own Van Gogh's sunflowers. It's like ah. they like it's like it's like the status of it or the like you were saying, you know, the end result, the 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 financial gain that you get from creating content is all they can they can conceive of. Yeah.
Uh, but look, uh, let's uh, let's let's pivot to something that's uh, that's more fun to talk about. Uh, but Ray, I think that that's a, that was really well argued, by the way. I think that was that was a really great distillation of, yeah. of yeah. some of the issues that are going on right now. Um, but I but my question now for you is one we ask often on the podcast. What are you playing? What are you playing? <gasps> what am I playing? Do I get yeah. to answer? For yeah, the first yeah, time? of course. Yeah, answer. I really, I listen to a ton of podcasts and I, there's that meme of the, uh, of the, the person sitting outside a poster of a bunch of, there's a poster of friends talking, <laughs> the guys sitting yes. around looking at it saying me and my friends. And that's exactly how I feel a lot of times. So it's wild to actually talk and you guys are, are here. Um, what am I playing? I am playing, uh, I am playing Diablo 4 uh, of this uh, yeah. deluge of incredible uh, video games. This might be one of the best years ever for video games. Starfield around the corner too. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Dave the Diver, uh, uh, one of the one of the best ever. Hell yeah. Um, but I had to choose one because I didn't have a ton of time uh, to uh, to choose between these uh, these guys. And uh, Diablo 4 was the one I ended up because you really can play it. In uh, in bite sized quantities and it's fantastic. Um, and I'm uh, around Act Five. Really, really fun game. First Diablo I've ever played, and uh, enjoying the hell out of awesome. out of uh, listening to to uh, to me. I I've played a ton of games that I'm in, and I usually can. Usually you're like, oh, okay, I remember this part coming up and I, I know that this thing is coming up and, and it makes a lot of, uh, it, it's exciting to see how it's actually portrayed on screen. Diablo is such a wild recording thing because we did it over four, three or four years and it was always out of order and always one line at a time. We would do some sessions, you'd come in for two lines and then come back. And so I had no idea what was going on in the story. And you, your character speaks so infrequently that it always surprises me when he uh, when he comes on. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that is me. Uh, and it's so different from my normal voice when it's, uh, I'm out of fury. I don't have any fury. I can't do that. <laughs> out of nowhere. I, I really, uh, that's that's the first time that I've gone, oh, that is, that's fun. I do enjoy it. Uh, and Blizzard sounds, they sound so good. They, they spend so much time. We go slow. Those two line sessions can sometimes take an hour because they really, really uh, uh, adhere to quality for, for them. So wow. uh, I've been enjoying, I've been really enjoying Diablo 4 and of course playing Slay the Spire, which I do every day anyway. Uh, so you are playing. A, 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 you are playing a male barbarian in Diablo Four. Uh, how have you like kind of spec'd out your character? What what skills are you rolling with? Wow, it's the question that everybody wants to be asked, but nobody wants to listen to. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> also, while you're at it, tell me about your fantasy football team. Barbarian is hard. I think uh, coming out, I think it really does take a while to uh, to figure out what works for your build. And uh, I finally leaned into my favorite, which is you can you get an enchantment that gets uh, or an aspect uh, where you um, your 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 uh, basic attacks go faster and faster. And so I have a two handed club that goes. 80% faster than normal. And uh, and it's just, I am just all in on basics. And then I have an ultimate. So I have a basic where I bash and they go and they stun, bash and then they bleed. And so I'm just going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the whole time. It is pure barbarian fantasy. Um, and then you have an ultimate where you summon uh, all the, the big barbarians who come and that happens once a minute. So it's just, oh, 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 oh. over and over again and it's really really fun and i haven't gotten bored of it yet so that's my that's my build 
Uh, that's right. Yeah, it's it's like I, I one thing I think they really did well with this latest iteration as someone who's played all the Diablo games a lot is like they've made it so that the you, you know, I'm sure there are there are efficient ways to min max it. But but, the, 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 you know, they're the but like the w- ways to play the character really leans into what's fun about the character. So like, you know, like what you were just saying about being a barbarian, like 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 it's a, a pretty optimal way to play it is just like to be like the big bruising brute which is what you want to embody. And the same sort of thing, I played the whole campaign as a necromancer. And it's just like, yeah, surround yourself with minions and send out a lot of curses. And that's what's what's fun about the fantasy of being that character. Yeah, you've um, done a great job with it. Yeah, it's it, it's it, it's rad. Uh, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk to someone else. Uh, Matt over there, I see. What the hell? I'm curious, what are you playing? What are you what? playing, Matt? <laughs> what the hell was that? I was just looking around the Hollywood squares of our Zoom call and saw that the Matt was in the corner. Okay. Matt, you're up. All right. Uh, I don't know why I didn't like it. <laughs> um, well, because I did it very awkwardly. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> and it sucked. <laughs> Me, huh? Uh, I'm playing, well, as you know, I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasy 16. I'm yes. still doing that, uh, obviously. Uh, but I've I've sort of I I haven't necessarily slowed down, but I've I've I'm I've gone at a more normal pace, I guess, with that now. Um, but I'm almost done with Final Fantasy three. I'm on the final dungeon of Final Fantasy three, hmm. and it is so fucking fun and so great. The pixel remaster, uh, you know, initially when it was launched, it was like a b- bit of a debacle. It was only on Steam. Each game was twelve dollars each for these old old games. Yeah. And the font sucked. And the font sucked, and people were sort of like, it looks weird, kind of. Uh, playing them, and as I said before, they had to fix the font. The font in your brain, in your memory, is good, but your old eyes now can't handle the old font. They just can't. It, like, it legitimately hmm. hurts my eyes to look at. You're you're saying that that just to clarify, you're saying that the the change they made to the font was necessary just to make it playable in a modern sense. I think so, yes, because it. like it, from from the not from the like from the original, right? It's not not Got even it. like a, it's not necessarily like I think it looks nicer. It's legitimately like it's easier to read. Like it's just hmm. it is easier to read. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. I I, I I'm just blasting through it. I intend to go straight into. Four. By the time this drops, I will have finished it, and I will have started Final Fantasy IV. That's basically where I'm at. And I got to say, I know Nick's going to talk about it. Yeah. Our friend Weig's here. He's, he's getting everybody to play Dave the Diver. He's it's leading true. a one-man, cam- one-man campaign to get people to play this thing. Gifted it to me on Steam. And I started playing it. I love Dave. Hell yeah. I wow. love Dave the Diver. It's playing it a little more. I don't think Heather's going to like it very much, but I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is like, it has like a fun, like there is a, uh, what would you, how would, I mean, Nick's going to talk about it, but like the combat, the combat aspect of it, like the catching the fish part of it and like stuff that has its own sort of feel. And that I think is going to feel good to Heather. The restaurant management stuff, is not gonna Heather's not gonna like that part. It gets it gets very simmy. Once you reach the point where you're hiring staff, I'm like, okay, Heather's gonna check out. Yeah. Uh but um but like the the actual yeah, the the 
the the the roguelite runs of it, like diving into the water and yes. catching fish, I think is just a blast. Because you're, you're 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 action platforming. You're like weapon the like the harpoon gun thing that you have. Is that what it is? It's like a yeah. You have a harpoon gun, gun yeah. but then you can you get a whole arsenal of weapons. Yes. you can upgrade the elasticity of the uh, of the harpoon feels great. Like feels fantastic. It feels yeah. so good. I'm playing it on Steam Deck, by the way, and it's it's awesome on Steam Deck. It's a perfect Steam oh, Deck that's game. Great. Yeah, it's really really fantastic. Uh, yeah, the thing that impresses me, I'll, I'll just talk about it real quick. The thing that impresses me about the Dave the Diver is just every element is additive. Like, there's just so much stuff in there. And there's none of it that kind of feels like a slog. There's nothing that feels like, oh, now I got to do this mini game or whatever. It's like everything that's in there is like adds to the fun of it. Uh, it's also in that sense, it's got so many like just brief cutscenes, like super brief cutscenes that cover the same action. They got a sense of like, okay, well, you're gonna have points where you. Uh, you upgrade your fish or you 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 build a new weapon. That's going to happen repeatedly. So we're not going to show this cutscene every time. And you know what? We're going to have like a half dozen we're going to rotate between to keep it fresh. And that's like a really smart decision. So you don't get tired of those sorts of things. On the on that note, you know, Dave the Diver himself, the protagonist, the player character, is so like he's so great. Uh, he's such a guy, like he's so lovable and and you empathize with him and you're excited to to to, to play this dude. Uh, but he's also one of his one of the other NPC or one of the NPCs is Duff the weapons guy yes who's just like such a cartoonish otaku uh who's doing it all for like he's got like a a a waifu uh that he's doing it all for for leah's chan um and so like everything he every time one of his cut scenes it's like he's got like a little like model figurine that he's basically like praying to 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 get (laughs) get to channel the strength to uh upgrade your harpoon or whatever um it's it's really fun and it's it's really well animated and i don't know just just the whole thing tonally i think is just just it just nails every aspect. Uh, can I play something from the soundtrack real quick, Matt? I put this in the track. Yeah. But I think just just again to for anyone who is thinking about playing this game, because I was talking again with uh with our buddy John Gabris of just how many hours he's put into this thing, because it's just got such insane chill vibes. And I think this track, which plays uh, when you jump into the ocean, aka the blue hole, is uh is like is so evocative of of just like the energy of this game, this experience. Sit here for a little bit. This is all right. You can swim in this blue hole all day. All right. I don't know, man. I just like the 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 everything about this game is is clicking for me. It's so good. Uh, Heather, what are you playing? Amsterdam. Well, uh, this week has been the Boom Chicago Comedy Festival, so I haven't had a lot of time to play a ton of video games. But what I have had is some opportunities to meet listeners who have come out to the festival uh, from all over Holland and as far as Norway. Um, I wanted to give Norway. Yeah, I wanted to give a couple shout outs, uh, specifically um, a listener named Alwyn uh, gave me a copy of a video game called Kabuki Quantum Fighter for the NES. Oh, I remember uh, this game. Which I have never played. I uh, looked it up on 
uh, Wikipedia, and it's described thusly. Players adopt the persona of 25-year-old Colonel Scott O'Connor, a military agent who has transferred his brain into raw binary code in order to combat a rogue program in the main defense computer. When O'Connor enters the system, his body forms the self-image of his ancestor, who was a kabuki actor. And I was like, hey, that's that's pretty Matrix adjacent. That you would go into yeah. the Matrix and have residual self-image. But um, anyway, looking forward to giving that a shot. Uh, uh, the that- thing, just real quick, the thing I remember about this game is you attack with your hair. You have this long shock oh, of hair. Shit, that's cool. That you kind of use as a whip. Yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. Um, we had a, 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 a lovely couple from Rotterdam who uh, spoke with my wife for a long time. They came out to multiple shows. Um, and it's it's got me thinking that I want to do a get played get together a get played together mm-hmm. uh perhaps at an arcade here in Amsterdam uh sometime in the next couple of months and as soon as i have some details about what that would look like um i'll announce it both here on the pod and also on social media but um wow. i just want to say thank you to uh the listeners who've been to the shows and thank you for the gifts and um fuck yeah this is you guys are the best. And I mean you. You listening right now. <laughs> you. Great. How about... Uh, what? I, I, can I, can I, I just wanted to talk about one more thing before yeah. we move on, which is a, a movie that at least the three of us have seen. Oh, I'm not shit. sure if Ray has yeah. seen it. Okay. <laughs> and I, we, won't, we won't get into spoiler country at all here for anyone listening because it just came out. Indiana but, Jones and the Dial of Destiny, one of the greatest films of the last one. <laughs> oh, <years>. man. <laughs> Hot take. Uh, we just... We, we have all seen at this point, as of this recording, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Hmm. Uh, and I think we all were just sort of like, this is the most... You know what? I think we all, meaning everyone who's ever played the game and has seen this movie, had the same reaction, which is, this is the most Kojima-ass shit I've ever seen in my life. Yes. It's 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 insane how... like It, it makes you just look at it and be like, did, did the director, Christopher McQuarrie, play Metal Gear Solid 2? And like, be like, mm, this could be a movie. It's 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 kind of. Uh, I don't want to say anything beyond that, but that that the the aspect of like the kind of the main narrative plus some of the character designs that are within it and some of the set pieces is yeah. just so Metal Gear. Yeah, it's it like it was enough that I I turned to my wife uh, and said, wife. "This is <laughs> just like Metal Gear," and she went, "Oh, I don't know that one." And I was like, oh, it's a Kojima game. And she went, yeah, I can see that. But her her experience <laughs> of Kojima stuff is like filtered through the coffee filter of my experience. Yeah, right. So usually I'm like, that's like Kojima. And I'll be pointing at a mailbox. And uh, she'll be like, oh, because of Death Stranding? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... um. It's a real Kojima movie. I can't wait. I want to know what he says when he sees it. Like, is he going to be like, is he going to post a photo that's like Saw, Dead Reckoning, and then also post a picture of Metal Gear Solid? Like, is he going to, is he going to recognize what we recognize in the movie? And what kind of a feeling would that give you? I think he's going to see it and be like, yeah, I know it was a fucking good idea. 
<laughs> I came up with it. Because in his book, he was like, nobody listens to me. I have all these great ideas and everyone thinks they're bad. And then I yeah. do them and everyone says they're fucking great ideas. <laughs> like, yep. He knows. He knows he's got the vision. Um, yep. uh, Why don't they give him a movie? It is insane. It's I too much book, power uh, for one man. This year too. Like, he, he, <laughs> he shouldn't yeah. be able to be. <laughs> uh, he absolutely should direct a film. I think it'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris McQuarrie and, uh, and Tom Cruise, what a team. Um, I won't say much about it. I do think, because Nick, I think you've said that Fallout is like your favorite movie, not just like your favorite movie of the franchise. Mission Impossible Fallout, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that one reached a high so high that it's like almost impossible to top, but this movie is sure. still good in that same way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's like better than Fallout, but it's like, it's it's good in a similar way, I think. There's a, there's a, and, and uh, you'll, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, but I'll describe it vaguely. Rebecca Ferguson's character has a scene uh, where she's, um, in the desert and her wardrobe there just looks like she'd be in like Metal Gear Solid 4 named like The Agony. Yeah. It's like so yeah. stylized and so kind of impractical, but it's but it's also just awesome. She looks like I would go a step further than that. She looks like a female clone of Snake that they'd call Lady Snake. <laughs> <laughs> and she's fucking awesome in that sequence yeah, too. She really she's really yeah, great. She fucking rocks. Great, it's a it's a great cast. Uh, Ray, you 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 interjected a second ago and you said yeah. that you'd read Kojima's book. What did you what did you think? Oh, I thought it was it was really interesting. I mean, it is it is just a collection of essays and mm -hmm. a lot of really really cool recommendations. I felt yeah. like I've seen a, a great number of the movies that he did. Went to the film school, did all the film school movies things. But uh, some of these books, um, I even took in college. I took Japanese fiction uh, classes, um, wow. and I read a lot of uh, classic works that are now uh, portrayed in uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, the works of Ryunosuke Akutagawa, and and such. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I, have, I have not heard of these books. These are more like pulpy, fun, actiony stuff about you know the 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 one about the uh, the guys stranded on a, a desert island, and then more deserter people come in uh, and want to get off. Um, it just sounds really cool, and w no penetration here in the United States. Where I'm like, I've never heard of these things, and I do want to read them. Sound really, really fun. Yeah, I I, I love learning about that stuff because I, I like you know like you. You were just talking about so often it'll be, um, oh this this move this anime or the, this this series this movie was inspired by this like tale this folklore story that I just have no point of reference for because mm -hmm. uh, it's you know it's 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 not commonly known in the West. Uh, that's awesome. Um, uh, b before we move on to to, to the beat of what we're going to discuss today, uh, Ray, you said earlier before we began that you had some thoughts on one of our tier lists. Yes, Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy. So I have played. So my Final Fantasy story is uh, I I grew up playing a lot of the wrong games as a kid. I was always going to the used game stores. I didn't know what to play, so I was going by box art. I was going by title. I was sure. just I was just going. I don't know. Uh, this this looks fun. Uh, random uh, games like uh, Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy that nobody cares. Bait and Kaidos, Eternal Wings of the Lost Ocean, my favorite freaking uh, GameCube uh, RPG. Um, but. Uh, 
Uh, Final Fantasy for me, I played Final Fantasy Legend 1, 2, and 3 and Final Fantasy Adventure, all non-canonical Final Fantasy yeah, games I yeah, yeah. uh, found out. Uh, so when I got the role of Noctis, I was like, all right, I'm going to play all of these games in order because I know I'm going to talk about these wow. games for the rest wow. of my life. Wow. Um, and uh, I, uh, I played them all, even 10-2, even the entire Lightning Trilogy. Um, all the way through. I have not played 16 yet because I haven't had time, unfortunately, but I will. Um, so I'm I'm a, a bit of an authority on the Final Fantasy series. And so I listened to your Tears of the Kingdom. And Matt, can you screen share uh, what I sent over? I, after listening to the episode, I had a lot of thoughts on, um, on the tier list and I wanted to make some amendments. This is like an 80 page document. Um, it's a lot of graphs and stuff. So like, don't, Holy like, we'll get through it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is a lot to, this is a lot to digest right now. Um, it says, uh, just kidding. You got played. The tier list was fucking impeccable. And you know what? It's, we know. It's absolutely true. I've never found a better tier list. You guys got yes. everything exactly right. I also am in the camp. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII is uh, tour de force, one of the most Hell perfect Final yeah. Fantasy games ever made. Um, and uh, I uh, really, really enjoyed uh, the list and the, the 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 points that you guys made. Uh, zero notes. Zero wow, notes wow. all the way through. You guys did great. Wow. That's the kind of feedback we like to get. But there was something else in the document. I saw this. Oh, we got, we got a nice uh, JPEG of Steiner there from Final Fantasy IX. And it looks like it's just like all Steiner. I was trying to. I wasn't sure how we were going to do this. I thought I was going to be able to upload something to Zoom to send to you guys. So I wanted it to be like a one gigabyte PDF. And so I filled it with a bunch of, uh, it's a bunch of images. Of Steiner. Every page. It's just the exact same image. But it's you gotta also. Post, you got to post this image. different but go places, the, though. He slightly go, moves. Given like sometimes slightly he's a little bigger. off to the left. Yeah, right. A little off I was to the thinking right. that. Making him bigger would also like uh, would make increase the file size in a little bit. Um, uh, I was trying to trying to make the the joke work, uh, uh, but doing screen share is great. Uh, definitely go all the way to the bottom though, Matt. Um, it's uh, I think I make a good point this, right at the uh, this also right at the yeah, end. this document. You know, like when you're, you're you scroll a third of the way through, when you scroll a document, you get like the the little uh, the tab on the side that shows you how long, and based on the size of that tab, you get a, an idea of how large the document is. And yeah. this tab is like a pixel large. It <laughs> like, is the yeah. smallest tab I've ever seen on the side of a screen. It took me I, a second to click on it. Like, I, like <laughs> it's the size of a blood cell. Yeah. I got it all the way up to 609 kilobytes. Couldn't fit any more in there. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Bubsy at the end. Bubsy on the final page. <laughs> there was also like an image several pages up that was like oh, You guys are finding images? all my secrets. It's a bunch of images of the moon. I tried to find like the biggest, uh, <laughs> the biggest file because Google Docs doesn't let you upload movies or anything. I was trying to like upload a dummy file so it could so you guys could get a one gigabyte thing, uh, but it didn't work. How uh, long did this take you to make? And why is it like funnier I said, than I've been working on it since last week. Yeah, about uh, eight days straight, uh, doing a lot of research. Six hundred nine kilobytes, worth it. I love it. Absolutely uh, worth great, it. Great, amazing tier list. Uh, literally zero notes. The best, the best ever. The fact that uh, fifteen was uh, SS tier is uh, is my favorite. It is a uh, it is a goddamn good game. Um, I will say also because this is um, uh, I'm, I think I'm talking to an audience of a lot of you know. I think your audience is interesting. It's a lot of hardcore gamers, but I think it's a lot of hardcore gamers with a lot of heart. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I Aww. think they it's people who play a lot of different types of games. It's not necessarily a let's talk about games and uh, and talk about how good we are at them. It's let's play freaking uh, Animal Crossing and let's play let's talk about Street Fighter and let's talk about every game in between. Um, and uh, uh, I think that 15 gets a lot of flack for like not being a hardcore game and like, oh, there's mistakes with the gameplay and like there there were so many missed opportunities because people are imagining in their heads what Final Fantasy versus 13 was. But I will, I think that 15 and the fans that I meet every single week at, at conventions uh, are people with a lot of heart. That game is, uh, is about relationships. It is about um, forging bonds and it really does it in its design. The AI of the party members makes you feel like they're actual living friends. And it's not just a random assortment of like, here's here's a bunch of people coming together in a party and uh, we're throwing them together and making them uh, act out a bunch of anime tropes. These guys feel real. Mm-hmm. They start tropey and then the more it goes on, it's like they play against it and they, uh, they, they become super, super realistic. So uh, I absolutely love that game. And I love that, uh, that you loved it, Heather. Uh, that was a, a wonderful surprise to hear. I, I, rocks. I truly love it. It's, I mean, like love, love it. Like I I'll love play it. it. I'll play it after I'm done with 16. It is, Long I will also say one of the shortest uh, of the 3D Final Fantasies, if you just do main campaign, which a lot of people don't because the side quests are so much fun and being with the yeah. party is, but if you just do main campaign, it's like 25 hours, uh, maybe a little bit longer with the Royal Edition, but like it's it's pretty lean as far as like the main story goes. But I think I think part of what makes it great is also the 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 expansion the expanded world of the game, the DLCs that give you like the insights in each individual character. Uh, the movie Kingsglaive is like, oh, wow, this is like if that had all been packaged into a single game that you were handed at Best Buy, then you'd be like, mother fuck, this game is uh, this is a thick boy. And I also. I think it's the only Final Fantasy and I and I haven't completed 16, but it is the only Final Fantasy that has made me tear up. Yeah. Wow. Same here. It is the other than Red Dead 2, I cried at the end. But uh, but 15, even though I knew it was coming, even though I, I yeah. cried while recording these lines because they're so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was, uh, Heather, you'll know there's uh, there's the campfire scene, obviously. Fucking That's a, God a great damn. What, it's, cheering thing. It, the campfire scene is among the best, like it is among the best scenes in gaming. Like oh I, I cried- Oh I God. cried. I'm recording. For... Can I clip these and listen to them later? I absolutely will. <laughs> this is all I ever wanted. Like to hear. I, I cried during um, Left Behind for The Last of Us, mm-hmm. um, and I've been kind of open about that uh, on the show. But I can't think of any other games ever that have made me tear up other than Left Behind and uh, and Final Fantasy 15. And it's the campfire scene where I was like. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. Like, yeah. this is this is like a sledgehammer that yeah. I totally wasn't expecting. Like, I, I was like, oh, you know, this fun. Like, it's such a good fucking scene. And it's raw and it's not tropey either. Nope. I feel like sometimes with RPGs, they're like, no, this is bad. No. It's just it's just a uh, it's Ugh. just speaking from your heart. Yeah. And uh, and you're right. The Japanese voice actors did a great job of doing that. Um, they really did a great job of uh, of putting those performances together. Um, 
the the other thing is that the royal edition uh I, I feel is what you're talking about heather where it is it came out a year or maybe two years after the game came out but it is the full yeah. package yeah it's the full, and yeah. it comes with the king's glaive and it comes with everything you get to see the brotherhood anime and all the dlc and it really is a complete tour de force uh fantastic game oh yeah. and then the other point i want to make was uh the campfire scene while 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 i played it i it did not make me cry but there's the scene because i knew it was coming but i did not know about the scene on the throne uh oh, after that uh, uh with uh noctis and luna yeah, yeah, and yeah. that and they play the final fantasy main theme from the series hmm. i had no idea that was happening the trick they do at the very end with uh with the logo absolutely bawling when that happened. I'm getting a little wow. emotional talking about wow. it. Uh, it was, uh, I, I, I've never cried at a video game like that. That was so surprising to me. They, uh, the catharsis in that game is is on point. Sold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> and then I'll come back. Hell yeah, uh, I love that. Uh, and, and talk about it. Uh, please play in the dub so I can do all the, the fun voices and, and press you guys. I, I will absolutely play in the dub. Yes. Very, very excited awesome. to check it out. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, you know, I think we kind of broken format a little bit. We kind of been been all over the place here. This has been a great discussion, but we were, we were going to talk about voice acting uh, today, which I think we've already gotten to, Matt. Yeah. But I think we can maybe just touch on a few more things. Yeah, happy to answer of all the questions. What, and, and one thing that you, that you had talked about in your email uh, Ray is a, a JRPG voice acting mm-hmm. and how there's kind of a wild variance in terms of sometimes some of the some some performances that are like, you know, really just just the just some of the best that uh, video game voice acting has to offer and other ones that are kind that are just like kind of a distraction uh, because of how, you know, uneven or all over the place or just sometimes just just amateurish they are. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think? Like, it, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, uh, I, I guess you could just kind of talk generally about JRPG voice acting, why there is such, such a high variance there. A disparity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a ton and ton of different reasons. So many to do with time uh, and time. I mean, by like uh, the times, uh, the epoch in which we're recording. Sure. Um, and then there's a lot to do with budget and a lot to do with passion. And uh, I think a lot of those things are what uh, what really uh, makes or breaks a, a JRPG for voice acting or a lot of video game voice acting for that matter. Um, but there was a time like uh, you were uh, uh, ragging and quite quite well on the, uh, uh, you know, the Final Fantasy X dub is all over the place. And uh, I think that was just, that was the first time they had done it. And I think what they did not do, which we were able to do in Final Fantasy XV, I'm sure they did it in twelve too, was uh, was be able to go back and redo a scene, have the time to do a, do a scene, uh, put it in the game and go back and then iron it out. By the nature of JRPGs, unlike prelay animation uh, or, or other things, you have to record your party characters in isolation, which can always make everybody sound all over mm, the place. Right. And uh, and you inter- once you integrate it, you're like, oh, wait a minute, uh, this scene didn't work. We need to re-record it. Um, and uh, uh, we were able to do that in Final Fantasy XV. So I, and there, I really feel like there's no sour notes in that game at all because we were able to actually take the time and iron out some scenes that that ended up being rough on first pass. Um, and that comes so much down to to the budget that the studio is willing to spend on it. Um, I think a lot of uh, uh, of lesser JRPGs will just absolutely rush through and just say, "Well, we got it." 
put it in the game, it's good enough to do it. And then once it's actually in the game, maybe these performances didn't gel off of each other. Maybe it didn't work out. Um, that's the budget thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is the passion thing. Uh, I will say there's also, we're now finally reaching an inflection point where the people who are acting in voice in, in, in games, cause yeah, there's two generations happening. There's the directors and then there's the actors. And, um, I feel like we're finally reaching an inflection point in the games where the actors who are working on it grew up with video games are super passionate, put all their thought into researching the role, playing the, the rest of the game series, um, getting to know what's up. Uh, like I, I will refuse to do a line in a game if I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, because I know how much it will just absolutely take you out of the experience mm. if you're playing it. If there's one line where it's like, oh, he emphasize the wrong word they weren't talking about um the it, it like uh that dragon over there it's that dragon over there oh that was the correct read only someone who knows exactly what's going on in the scene will keep you in the scene that way um and uh i think we're reaching a point where finally we've got the actors who are super passionate and then the directors the the usually older generation who are uh who are caring more and more about it and aware that video games really matter especially when i was first coming up 10 years ago you had a lot of directors who was just play the play the line do it did you get it uh keep moving on and we're finally getting the point where we have enough passionate directors and passionate actors who are like no we didn't get it let's make sure that we know what we're talking about and and on the studio side have the uh have the the budget to be able to redo a line if it doesn't work in the game uh just just to go back to what you said about final fantasy 10 because i remember reading about that first off i I think a lot of people it's been kind of memory hold that that was the first final fantasy game with voice acting ever like it's like it's like that was huge and that in of itself was so momentous and 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 that was the early era of full speech at least in console games it's such an intense workflow to go here's a a spreadsheet of all of the lines here's the exact japanese um uh timing and what we have, what and I think what they didn't have back then, based on on playing it and, and hearing the mistakes, like oh, sometimes they speed up a line too much, is what your um, in and out points are on the J. So you've got like a two second line. The English can be two and a half seconds or one and a half second, a half second variance either way. For Final Fantasy 15, we had a 0.1 second variance, um, which is pretty damn tight. Um, mm, and yeah. uh, I feel like they did not have as much of that variance um, or or weren't quite aware of what that variance was um, for the for the lines, because uh, some of them do feel a little bit too rushed or uh, too extended based on the on the J. Yeah. And, and I think the, you know, the, the, that's a, that's a really great insight. And I think also the, like the laughing scene, I remember reading in particular that the voice actors just really didn't know what was going on there. They didn't really have context for what they were doing. And that's partly why in the dub, it just sounds like so alien. It's because they're like, I don't know, you want us to laugh? All right, sure, we can try, you know? Yeah, I'm a, defen- I'm a defender of the laughing scene being correct. I like it too. Yeah, uh, yeah he is supposed to be awkward. Uh, Titus is, or Titus is the kind of guy who does not uh, not laugh normally. But I get it. Out of context, uh, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. And I'm sure not having context is a huge deal. For 15, and I'm sure for 16, because I'm uh, the, the dub, from what I've heard, is fantastic, is having the writer there to answer the questions. Uh, you mm. know, Square has to fly somebody out in order to be on the correct time zone with LA. Uh, and I guess if they record in England over there, yeah, you really have to fly someone out full time 
to translate, localize, and sit in on all the voice over sessions, which is a big expense. And the fact that Square actually does it and has their lore master there so you can ask questions is what sets them apart for sure. Wait, the lore master is there? For for 15, he was. Yeah, this guy, wow. Dan Inoue, sat in on every single session. It was able to uh, change lines around, make sure that everything was uh, was up to par. Um, and you could ask him ask him anything. It was fantastic. We had, unlike a lot of video games, you're a, a lot of times you're just in the dark. It's just, here's the lines, do the lines, uh, move on. This one, we actually got character notes and character sheets and like uh here's what the entire game is going to be about here's the entire story we recorded everything in order which is wild Whoa. Um, so all of that information really really helps campfire scene was one of the last scenes i ever recorded so um it really um it really brings it home uh how much passion goes into that and that's what really sets jrpg dubs apart for sure um a lot of them and i'd say what what why uh budget might be a thing a lot of studios can sort of undercut each other in this sphere um and say like uh you know uh uh some other studio, I don't want to name names, I'm realizing, oh yeah, people might listen to this, uh, but other studios uh, who aren't Square Enix might go to another studio and go like, who can do it the cheapest? And sure. cheapest usually means the fastest, and uh, and usually you're just running through the lines as much as possible. Um, and that's, I think, what also uh, might happen with a, a lot of these, uh, with lesser dubs that aren't so good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, one other thing I thought we could we could touch on real quick, and I can go first so everyone can have a chance to think about it. But just if anyone, if we have any thoughts on some of our favorite voice performances in any games, or or voice performances oh, yeah. that have stuck with us, uh, I'll 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 start because I have two examples. One is uh, is from a least a recent game that we've talked about extensively on the podcast, but uh, Lenval Brown and Disco Elysium. Just mm-hmm. just being the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the narrator and then embodying all the different personalities or the different uh, emotions that exist, uh, you know, like going through all those. I think it's, it's just such a varied performance. He's got just like a, a such a rich instrument. And it is it's an it seems like an incredibly taxing performance, yeah. just like the the volume of dialogue that he had to record narration that he had to record. And it all just like absolutely like sings and enhances the experience in fact it's like to me that is it's hand in hand with the writing of that game which is so strong um and so that's one that absolutely just like like lingers with me and that i think is you know one of my favorite performances uh ever and one of the one of the better performances in 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 game voice uh voice acting history but another one that sticks with me uh that i don't think i've talked about really in the podcast is the first time i heard speech in a video game uh this was a pc game uh that came out in the very early 90s maybe late 80s and i had this game and we you know this sounds like ancient history i feel like to people who uh, 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 maybe didn't grow up with this but like there was a point where pcs did not have like any sort of built-in sound they had a pc speaker which was one channel uh and it was just like a, a bleep bloop sound that if you play were playing a game with just your pc speaker honestly it sounded so bad that a lot of times i just played these games on mute and this was one of them um but you could buy, you know, like you have a video card these days, you could buy a sound, sound card, card and yeah. you can, yeah, you could, you could put that into your computer and we convinced my dad, me and my brother to get a sound blaster. Uh, and as wow. such, the, 
the game uh, Might Magic 3, which we've been playing with a PC speaker, uh, turned into this game that had like better audio than the consoles of the time, as well as speech. And so uh, this happens in the intro. And when this happened, this uh, this blew my little boy brain. I am Shelton, guardian of terror. Twice now you have defeated my test, thinking yourself worthy of invading my world. Walk carefully then through this third challenge, and take heed your final decision is truly what you desire. For the course of destiny cannot be turned once set in motion. Until our next meeting, mortals. It's actually a pretty good read too, because like mm-hmm. a lot of the vo- like the early vo- PC voice acting was just like, ah, oh, we gotta, we'll ask one of the programmers to read, you know. Like there was a lot of like just like straight up amateurs being recruited to do voices. Uh, but like, yeah, no, I, I just the I am Shelton, uh, I am Shelton. I mean, it's just like it's so, it, it's so it's stuck in my mind. What was your reaction when you first heard it? Did you know it was coming? No, because, well, okay, so when you watch it, when you play it with a PC speaker, it would just get to that part and it would just go like, <laughs> or like, like, beep, boop, beep, boop, you know what I mean? Like, it was like literally like just like some sort of garbled, non, non-verbal sound. And I had no idea that he was actually talking there. So, yes, wow. from that, that was part of what made me just like, my, my head just explode. So much of the early, the early experiences of hearing a voice come out of a video game, you're like, what? How? Oh, oh my God. How is this possible? Yeah. Holy shit. I just put one in the chat, Matt, that was, I think, the earliest I remember a video game speaking. Uh, and it is uh, this sound clip from Altered Beast. Oh, hell yeah. Rise from your grave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rise like, from your grave. Ri- Such a great line. Rise from your grave. Uh, so... Yeah, that that meant a lot to me as a kid. I was like, oh, man, yeah. there's a human being inside this video game now. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say uh, it's not quite what what the what the assignment is, mm-hmm. Ray, but Charles Martinet. You took it. That was my answer. Uh, well, uh, God damn. Th- I mean, <laughs> he he has been a, a figure of gaming for like three decades now. And there are very few sounds that you can associate with a game that are just raw joy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know when you hear that voice that you're going to have a good time or at least that the game is going to be polished or it'll be Super Mario Sunshine. (laughs) And (laughs) like, so like hearing that voice in Mario Kart Hearing that voice in Mario 64, those were incredible experiences back in the in the day. And now, you know, like when he's fucking throwing that cap around and, and wahooing across the desert, you're like, you can't really beat it. He's 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 fantastic. Not my Mario. <laughs> you, you took my answer. Uh, technically, what he does in those games is so impressive to do these efforts because it's you know yeah. it's very rarely is he is he doing a cinematic uh, voice other than thank you for to playing my game. <laughs> um, he's doing just mostly efforts, and they are so alive and so energetic. You can get it's really easy to get tired when you're doing it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ha! Uh, over and over again and doing different variations. And in the studio, it can be super, super taxing. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that he is 
Um, he is always giving his all. When Mario's butt is on fire, it feels like it's on fire and it's so high energy <laughs> and not grating, which is an easy yeah. thing to pat, uh, think. It, you don't actually fear for his butt. Um, you act, you're like, oh, his, his butt's on fire, but he's going to be okay. Um, the uh, What he does technically in those games, um, his line reads are, uh, again, iconic. Um, it's seared into my memory. Mario Party 3, uh, played that game a million, million hours. And uh, uh, I, the fact that he does all four of the of the boys um, is uh, is insane. Uh, coming up with these these characters and having them sound all so different. Um, he's he was my uh, he's my choice. That's um, such a great so, one. Uh, he, uh, he's great also pick. got that. He's yeah. he's got one of the best injured sounds like not an injury that's like, oh, you're you're worried about him. But like when he runs into a wall and it's ooh. Like it's like just like this, like, yeah. Like just like a a plane. Like it's like okay, that registers as pain, but I'm not upset. Like it's great. I'm not upset at it. Yeah, yeah. that's really funny. Like well, also like just going back to the ow, 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 like like that. Yeah. If you're in actual physical pain. That's not what you're going to do. You know what I mean? So, like, it is like you sort of just know that's like your cue to be like, oh, it's like funny, but like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> you yeah. don't want to keep, you, you don't want to make a habit of doing that. Uh, the, the, the folks that I'm thinking of, the voices that I'm thinking of right now are, are just all also coupled with a physical performance, also, which is like I, I'm thinking hmm. about too. Like, uh, Ray, I don't know if you've said, I know that you've, have done, uh, you know, on your IMDb, you have some live action credits too. Have you had a chance to do uh, both in like a video game, like where you have to wear like the ping pong balls and stuff and like give a physical performance? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, as far as surviving, I, I was uh, leading a game that was canceled, unfortunately. Um, oh, but as far as surviving content, you can you can see my amazing movement in such games as uh, Days Gone or, uh, oh, okay. or Horizon, the second Horizon, but no, but not, but all just just the movement part uh, as far as surviving uh, Ray Chase uh, ping pong ball content. Obviously, those are different uh, different acting muscles, but like the experience of doing uh, like the physical performance of that is that like such like a is is that weirder to do than just like standing in a booth and doing like the voice. Oh, well, I think, well, yeah, I think also for, for my generation uh, of uh, voice actors, it's mm -hmm. all of us came from theater. So it okay, is 100% yeah. aligned. Uh, we, we all have that training. We're all super, super excited. There's not a ton of that work out there uh, as far as in, in um, comparison to voiceover. Um, so the, those roles are, are small indeed, but, uh, but it's, it's every voice actor's dream to get to uh, ask for uh, comic books for Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like obviously, like we talked about Joel a lot, and like Troy Baker's performance in that game, and in in, in many games is like he's like the guy that does that, right? Like, or uh, uh, Christopher mm -hmm. Judge in the new God of War games is such a incredible performance, uh, but also in God of War Ragnarok, uh, I don't know that he's done a lot of voice acting, but. Uh, Richard Schiff from the West Wing is Odin. He's so fucking good in it. It is like it is so funny. He's like, like he's just great. It's like it's such a good performance. Uh, but I also yeah, you mentioned Horizon. Uh, I think Ashley Birch uh, is such a incredible uh, performer in those games. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and she comes from from YouTube and hey Ash, what you playing exactly. and stuff. And so having that comfortability to be like, 
when you are when you are doing a voice, you are not just you're not just channeling it into your voice. You're also acting as much as you can uh, physically. That's where that's where the alignment comes from. That's why uh, the good acting feels so aligned because it comes from somewhere. You're not just doing a sound effect. Um, that's uh, I think that's why those performances translate so well. Wait, Matt, did you say who your favorite performance was? Oh well, I got to give it up for our. Our boy, um, Haley Joel Osment as uh, Sora in the Kingdom Hearts series, of course. <laughs> He's grown so much in that series. He's gotten so much better as time's gone on. I, I'm really, really It's really good. There's a lot of actually really, I was looking at the cast because uh, I remember being a kid and like, uh, you know, when games came with booklets, I would just pour over those Kingdom oh, Hearts yeah. booklets and um, just read like who the voice cast was and stuff. And I remember being like, Lance Bass is Sephiroth? In Kingdom Hearts <laughs> One, Lance Bass from In Sync is is Sephiroth, and uh, that's always you know, no disrespect been a baffling choice to me. It's very very strange. He's not a voice actor. He is a, a singer in a boy band. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I've, I I feel like based on how I've seen him in interviews and stuff recently, if you asked him why he did that, he'd be like. I have no idea. Like he would, he would, be, he would be like, "Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I don't know what that was." Uh, or My he wouldn't remember it was that a good he did. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a celebrity stunt casting, yeah. Era, right? Like they do the wedding kind of the other side. It was mm-hmm. like, "Oh wait, no, voice acting is a thing." Like, ah, oh, we can maybe drive people to these games by getting big splashy yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is that is a strange. It's really one. funny because uh, I remember seeing too. Obviously, Mark Hamill is such a great voice actor, but somebody asked him about his experience doing the dub of one of the Yakuza games. And he was like, what? <laughs> he's like, I did, I did <laughs> what? But he's just done probably so much stuff. Like he's like, you know, like he's Mark Hamill. They're probably just asking him to do a bunch of stuff all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't remember half of the things he's done. Yeah, I've worked on those games too. And they are very, they are very codenamey. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, and tough to keep track of because those are ones that do not have much character art to, to go for. That one's just a spreadsheet that you're just doing your best job. Interesting. I'll also say another one of my favorites and most impressive is not to break the lore of uh, of Get Played podcast, but Paul Mercier in Resident Evil 4 uh, doing his dual roles. I won't say what dual roles, obviously. I uh, don't want to break the lore, uh, but uh, unbelievable that he does both of those. And again, su- such an iconic performance, too. What? <laughs> Who does he do? <laughs> yeah, who's... Who's that? Paul Mercier? Yeah. He plays Leon and another iconic character. Oh, cool. Uh, I love Leon. I, I, yeah, Leon is great. Yeah. And uh, he does somebody else. It's like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a shop. I guess you could call it a shopkeeper. Oh, okay. Uh, sort of thing. Like a stand in for a shopkeeper. I yeah. didn't realize he does both. That fucking rocks. Th- yeah. That's it's pretty fucking incredible. Rocks. Yeah. That's my new favorite answer. That's really great. Yeah. Because <laughs> two great performances, too. Like super funny. Like uh, really, really great. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do a segment. Hell yeah, Ray has a segment for us for a change, and I think it's going to be this. really fun. Yes, uh, this is uh, so for for a little bit of uh, of background. Uh, when you're working on a uh, a video game, you uh, you usually don't. Um, you get the name of the the title of the video game. There's always some sort of confidential code name, usually uh, appended with the word project at the beginning of it. Um, and uh, while you're working on a game, that's usually how your agents and everybody talks about it is you're coming in for Project X2. You're coming in for Project Mithril, uh, which was World of Final Fantasy, um, things like that. Uh, uh, and so I have a game for you guys. And here it goes. 
Can Nick, Heather, and Matt guess the working title project name of each video game? Will this dumb segment idea cause the industry to lose faith in Ray and fire him from all his jobs? Find out <laughs> in Project Run Ray. Hey! <laughs> can, can we replace one of us with Ray? Do you think like permanently, like oh, moving just in forward, general? Oh, in can we general. just have Ray Not on, the it. Sh- on the show? Wait, so Nick, wants, Nick wants to stay on the show. Uh, I think, well, actually, maybe better is that we we do the show. We do the show as normal, but then Ray dubs us. <laughs> I'll dub it. I'll do the, I'll do the Japanese version. Uh, or yeah, if, uh, if you have any more characters who want to come in, I'd be happy to. Hell yeah. Um, this is uh so this I've judiciously selected some uh project names uh based on uh games that I have worked on. Oh, that's right. Uh, we didn't talk about some of these things. Uh so I think it might surprise you that I was some of these roles. Um and uh uh and so I, I guess what uh, the way it'll work is I will say the title of the project and um whenever you guys Guess what it is. Uh, buzz in with your uh, with your name, as always. Uh, and uh, whoever gets it right first uh, gets it. I'm going to say the name of the game, start describing it, and uh, and buzz in whenever you've okay. got it. Great. Okay. And I'll keep scoring. Uh, I've I'll also cheat. chosen games that are awesome. <laughs> awesome. Some of these are, and again, some of these project titles are... Um, Absolutely nonsense. Like you can never figure out that uh, what Project Arkansas is. Um, But some of these are uh, the ones that I've chosen. So hopefully are a little bit of a hint to what they are. Great. Starting with number one, Project Black. Project Black is an open world action role playing game developed and published by Square Enix, released for the PlayStation and Xbox One in 2016. The game features an open world environment and action based battle system incorporating quick switching weapons, elemental magic, and Heather. other features such as vehicle travel. Heather. It's Final Fantasy 15. Correct. Wow. Project, Project Black. Project every, Black. Every time we came in, it was for Project Black is asking for your availability to come in uh, for, for years and years. Wow. Number, number two. And also, you'll notice that all of these are <laughs> released around the same time. These are things that I worked on around the 2016 <laughs> to 2019 era. It shows nothing too current. Project Delta. Project Delta is an online multiplayer action role-playing game released worldwide for PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One on February 22, 2019. Set on a fictional planet named Coda, players assume the role of freelancers, heroic adventurers who wear powerful exosuits to defend humanity from the threats beyond their city's walls. It received mixed reviews from critics <laughs> who criticized it for its gr- uh, grind and shallow gameplay. Matt. <laughs> Matt. Is it Anthem? It is Anthem. Okay, wow. wow. Good pull. Well done. Uh, I, was the, uh, I was the main character in Anthem. Uh, Were you really? I forgot about yeah. Anthem. Yeah, that was my big thing. I was like, coming off of Final Fantasy 15, I'm going to be in Anthem. I'm going to be the main character. This is going to be the greatest game ever. Uh, and I'm set for life, baby. And uh, unfortunately, we live in this reality. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like, uh, was that Bungie who was making Anthem? I'm trying to remember. That's BioWare. BioWare, BioWare I there. apologize. BioWare yeah. was there, but it was like their destiny killer, right? Like it was exactly, like, we're going to come. Yeah. And, and people were hyped about Anthem. And then it was. Oh, I was so excited. Next, <laughs> Project Database. Project Database is an action role-playing video game developed by Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix in August 2016. It is the fourth game in the series, 
And the gameplay combines first-person shooters, stealth, and role-playing elements, featuring exploration and combat in environments connected to the main hub of Prague, and quests which grant experience and allow customization of the main character's abilities with Praxis kits. Conversations between characters have a variety of responses, with options in conversations and at crucial story points affecting how events play out. Set two years after the sequel in 2029, oh. the world is divided between normal humans and those with advanced controversial artificial organs dubbed augmentations. After a violent uh, event known as the Aug incident, augmented people have been segregated. This prompts heated debate in an era of mechanized apartheid. Main protagonist Adam Jensen, equipped with advanced new augmentations after the sequel, is a double agent for the hacker group Juggernaut Collective to expose the Illuminati. Oh, man. Uh, this is, I remember this series, I know this is a series. I just can't remember the title of it. Interesting. This is, uh, this is Deus, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Oh, mm. right, right, right. Uh, have you guys not played uh, Human Revolution or Mankind Divided? No, that's so a about the original back. You the don't day. know Adam Jensen at all. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, he's the uh, he's the protag of the of those two games. Thought he'd be more iconic. Uh, alas, the point goes to me. Maybe I can win this one. <laughs> <laughs> Ran the point. Matt, you got that yeah, great. Yeah. By the way, all these projects sounds like something that like the Colonel would be explaining to Snake in a Metal Gear game. <laughs> Snake, it's called Project Database. <laughs> the CIA began it in 1969. <laughs> um, I've got one, two, three, four more. Okay, great. Right. Project Lotus. Project Lotus is a 2019 action-adventure game. It won several year-end awards and sold over 5 million copies by July 2020. The game features a shinobi known as Wolf, who attempts to take revenge on a samurai clan that Liger. imprisoned him. This is Sekiro, Shadow's Death It's twice. Sekiro, no. Shadow's Death Yeah, you got it. All right, we're all tied all right. up with that one. you. appreciate that one. Of course. Uh, I'm proud of it, too. Uh, I will say one of the interesting things about From Software that they do that nobody else does as far as recording, which is really, really interesting, um, is they, uh, they record everybody really, really close to the mic and you get very, very, very tender performances oh. from them. Even though the, um, even though your character might be 30 feet away, the, um, the level of projection, they don't care about it. They just want it to be super huh. intimate. And I think that really sets their, sets their voice acting apart. Why it's they they're um, obviously they yell when they need to yell, but if a if a boss is talking to you, it's like he's right in your ear. It also oh. like that that's fascinating because it it does so those games I think make you feel isolated mm -hmm. and alone, and that's part of like the dread of yeah. playing one of those games. Like I'm all by myself, and maybe that's that's part of the the logic for it. But that's a, that's a really that's a really interesting background. Yeah. Um. Uh. Next. Uh. Hands on buzzers. Project Fortnite. Project Fortnite is an online video Heather. game developed by Epic Games. Heather, yes. Fortnite? Correct. Nice job. No project name. It was just called Project wow. Fortnite. Wow. They're like, oh, we want I you to know that. what this is. Hiding in plain well, sight. But it came out. Actually, let me see if I can find it. Because it was funny. Um, because you know, when it when they were working on that game, they didn't know it was going to be Fortnite. Yeah, sure. Uh, this was uh when was the first audition sent out? Was this uh 2017? Um I don't know, I'll find it later. But it was it was interesting going through my my old emails and going like, oh yeah, they didn't know this was going to be Fortnite. This was just a random epic game. Hmm. Um 
Okay. Snake. Project Fortnite trains the next generation of super soldiers through an online game where they're virtually connected. Virtually connected? <laughs> this sounds like the sort of game that I'd be a skin in. <laughs> Two more. Project BT. Project BT is a first-person shooter video game released worldwide on October 28th, 2016. Set in a science fiction universe, the single-player campaign follows the story of Jack Cooper, a rifleman from the Frontier Militia, who bonds with his mentors Titan BT-7274. Oh, oh, Matt, Matt. Matt. Titanfall 2. Correct. Nice, <laughs> nice. That was that recently? Yeah, Titanfall 2016. It's really wow. good. Uh, it's oh, you guys haven't played it, or just Matt? Has? I played like about Only like Matt's half played of it. it. It's it, on my, that was the first oh. game I was playing on my Steam Deck, and it's fucking great. It is so the, good. I have it wish listed. I'm gonna get around to it. I gotta make time for it. Everyone says the campaign is so great. It's just insane. It's it, yeah. each each level is just a set piece and so memorable. Uh, it's so well done. All right, last one. What's the score? It is uh, tied to Heather and Matt. One, Nick and Ray. Oh, damn, we've got a chance uh, to tie it up, Matt. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, last one. Project Chiral. Project Chiral is a 2019 action game developed by Kojima Productions Heather. and published oh, by Sony. Oh, shit. <laughs> Death Stranding. God damn it. Death Stranding is correct. Wow. Heather's our winner. Congratulations, Heather. I almost said it on Chiral. Almost said it right there on Chiral. I was like, there can't be anything else. It's got to be Death Stranding. Yeah. You know, yes. I thought... The, it's funny because the previous one was Project BT, which is a Death Stranding specific. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is that where we're going? I, was, I waited a beat bit, just yeah. in case because I was like, uh -huh. uh, let me hear something. As Game Master, that was me trying to trick you. Well done. Um, that's oh, why I did those Master both of Masters again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Heather. Uh, uh, you win. I uh, am the best. It. Economically, <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> that's true. That's what winning the game means. <laughs> It's settled. Uh, hey, that's this week's Get Played. Our engineering is by Alex Gonzalez, Dead Air Alex G on Twitter and Instagram. Also, check out our paywalled show, Get Animate. Heather, we're taking a break from the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya. Yeah, before we dive into season two of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, we are going to watch Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the animated theatrical release featuring the Jujutsu Kaisen cast at large uh, in a prequel that is canonically... I mean, it's a real it's a real thing. It's a real story that actually happens in the world of Jujutsu Kaisen. So check us out on patreon.com slash get played if you want to listen to that and more episodes about our favorite other thing in the world, anime. Our guest today, the great Ray Chase. Ray, what an absolute delight. Thank you for lending us your time and your talents and for telling us so much about, uh, you know, voicing uh, the, the the games that, that so many people love to play. That, that This was a course. real treat. It's been an honor. I've uh, I've, I've loved it, too. And uh, I, uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, as far as plugs, I've got uh, one thing to plug, which I forgot to even talk about because uh, it's old, uh, but I'm still really proud of it. Uh, I made a uh, podcast starring all of my friends during COVID. It's all the voice actor people you know. It's called My Brotherhood, colon, Sky Brother Force, and it is a uh, it is a fake anime show. It's nine episodes long, fully produced, 
with an anime theme song, intro and outro. It is batshit insane. And I highly recommend <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, I know that uh, 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 listening to pod- as a podcast listener myself, listening to people talk is, is great. And uh, having a serial podcast isn't the most fun, but you've got to listen to Sky Brother Force. It's really, really, really fun. Uh, that's badass. Where can people check it out? Oh, anywhere uh, that podcasts are sold. Awesome. Love that. Hell yeah. And uh, I know that maybe Nick and Heather don't want to do this because you've been such a great guest, uh, but I'll, I'll sort of fall on the grenade for this one. Uh-huh. Um, Ray, I, it take, it, I take no pleasure in this. What? What's up? You got played, and I'm very sorry. So right. <laughs> Oh, God. oh, he's crying. Oh, no. oh, like, I made him cry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, now we all got raped. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>